This is Super Bowl week of I'll Name This Football Pod Later, part of the On Blast Podcast Network, back again on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, and on YouTube. Tell your friends, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and I'm glad, I'm happy, I'm fired up to be joined once again by my guy Matt Russell, sports betting professional and host of the Windows Sports Betting Podcast. Mr. Russell, how you feeling? I know it's been a while, man. It's, it's hey, my, man. Which is my fault. We're back. We're back. No, it, it, listen, it feels like just yesterday. It was, what, week 15, week 14, <laughs> something along those lines. So the boys are back. The boys are back in town, everybody. Look out. Super Bowl week. Uh, you know, started from week 15, and now we're here. For people who, you know, have been kind of wondering where this particular podcast has been, and if you are if you don't really listen to anything else on the On Blast Network, but you're like, what happened to the football pod? I'll name this football pod later. It was back later, but actually this was probably the first pod in which I rolled over that morning of first getting sick. And I was like, I don't think I can record this podcast. I don't know what's wrong, yeah, but something's wrong. Luckily, I, I don't know if I had the same barber as the Chiefs did, and maybe that's what did me in, Yeah, but I was uh, on the uh, COVID list for a bit, but now we're back. Everything's fine ready to go just like the chiefs are and we're here to talk about the super bowl let's go if you're familiar with this podcast you know we speak about the game of football and the nfl in particular but from a gambling perspective and we all know that everyone loves to gamble on the super bowl the biggest game of the year all the joe schmoes will be out betting and this is where we try to make some money our last chance to make money on the nfl this season So let's start with the spread, okay? Spread is at minus three, okay? We've seen it kind of fluctuate maybe a little bit in some places, come back down to three, but let's start with it at minus three. I'm going to be honest here. I'm going to start off with my, you know, normal, basic, simplistic take. And then as always, you're going to come in and drop some knowledge on me. But I'm going to be very honest. I have a lot of trouble going against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I know they've struggled to cover spreads. I know, and I'm removing the Buffalo game, right? I'm removing the Buffalo game in that. But in general, they've had trouble covering spreads. But I always like, especially in these matchups, I'm going to roll with who I think has the biggest coaching advantage. And I just don't know how you stop that offense. I just, every week it seems like, they're just pulling out as many plays in the playbook as needed. Yeah. But now we're here at the Super Bowl. So you're pulling out all the stops. And I'm just on the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is just that good. I just don't know how you stop this team. I, I don't know how you stop the offense. I, I don't know how you can do it. And everyone's talking about Tom Brady, but Tom Brady's not really the reason the Bucks are here. And to me, this kind of plays out kind of like almost like last year's Super Bowl in which it was against the defense of the Niners and the defense of the Niners had a great shot. I was obviously riding with my Niners. When it comes down to the come down, eventually they're going to bust the play wide open and then the floodgates are going to open and you just can't keep the offense down. So talk to me here because I feel like I know the sharp money is on the other side, but tell me why that is. What's going on? Here? Yeah. I mean, I don't know that that's necessarily the case. I just think there's oh, really good okay. two-way action on this game. And so, okay. you know, we talk every week uh, about, 
you know, where there's different value, where you can get an extra point here, there because of public perception, but it's the Super Bowl, right? This is the only, <laughs> the literal only game in town. Like there isn't going to be any value. The line is going to be super tight on open. And if it isn't, it's going to get bet in a heartbeat, right? There's no like waiting around till even Tuesday of that first week to see like, oh, maybe, you know, there's a half point here or a point there. They open at three or three and a half and it's sat there. And if you want three and a half, you have to pay minus 120, minus 125. If you want minus three, you're going to have to pay minus 120, minus 125 on that side. And so it just goes to show that like, yeah, the people who are liking Tampa Bay are going to pay a little extra for that plus three and a half. And the people who like Kansas City are going to pay a little extra for the minus three. And for people like me who, you know, come on these shows and have their own show and talk about, you know, value and, you know, where the line is and all of that kind of stuff. It's kind of boring because like Mm -hmm. at Kansas City minus three, like, that's a completely reasonable bet at Tampa Bay plus three and a half. That's it's sort of this massive cop out that we all have this, like, yeah. you know, this week when people want to know like what our take is with regards to the Super Bowl, And it's like plus three and a half looks pretty good. Minus three looks pretty good, right? Yeah. Like it's just, there isn't going to be some sneaky value. Now the game might end up Tampa Bay winning by 20 or Kansas city winning by 20, but that, you know, as you know, that doesn't indicate that like there was a right side or a wrong side when it comes mm-hmm. to like sharp money and, and that sort of thing. Like we're not going to all be sitting back here and being like, Oh yeah, should have known, right? This was, isn't the super bowl where, you know, I think of like Denver and Carolina, right. And that, Super Bowl was like minus five, something along those lines for Carolina, because nobody believed that Peyton Manning could throw and he couldn't. And it didn't really matter because Denver's defense won them that Super Bowl as an underdog. And Mm -hmm. so in that case, going into that Super Bowl, everybody was on Cam Newton and Carolina. Right. So the sharp side in that game was Denver because there was something missing because we all decided to go with one side. This is the sort of the perfect Super Bowl in that you can sit around and go. Oh, you know, Patrick Mahomes and all the stuff that you just said, right? With regards to Kansas City. And they're all valid points. But then I could talk to somebody else and they could be like, am I really going to pass up Tom Brady as an underdog, especially if I can get the three and a half points? Like, I don't really want to do that either. So like, it's perfectly, you know, it's perfectly perfect to be honest with you. (laughs) So I'm not going to be able to sit here and tell you like, no, you're wrong. Like sharp side, you know, whatever. What I will say for you, if you like Kansas City, this suit, you know, the Super Bowl every year, it's just another game, right? From an actual football standpoint, they don't change the size of the football field. You know, they don't do, there's no crazy rules. They're just playing football. But the betting pattern in the, in society, right? It's, it's the, the Super Bowl is a betting holiday, right? Some people celebrate Christmas. Some people celebrate Thanksgiving. I celebrate U.S. Thanksgiving more than I do Canadian Thanksgiving because of the betting. I celebrate the Super Bowl. That's my holiday. Put it in the calendar. Should just have that little dot in your calendar that says Super Bowl Sunday. And so everybody gets fired up about this and they're looking to bet, but they don't really want to mess with the spread. And when it comes to the underdog, especially something in a three point range like this, why take the plus three in the last game of the season when you can bet the underdog to win outright and go for the big score? Yeah. What does that do? That creates value on the favorite on the money line. So the spread won't actually move because we're, you know, the people who are betting the spread are betting it pretty evenly on either side, but people are betting the underdog, which drops the line 
for the underdog, but also for the favorite. So there actually ends up being better value from a percentage standpoint on the Kansas City money line if you're looking to bet on Kansas City. So instead of minus three, minus 120, where let's be honest, you're not betting that because you want to push. You're betting that because the sort of backup plan is the push. To win, you've got to win by four points there. So let's bet the money line if you like Kansas City. So that way, if it lands on three, you win. If it lands on one or two, you win as well. And you're not paying that much more relative to what you would normally be paying during the regular season because for whatever reason, people like betting the underdog in the Super Bowl more than they do in any other sporting event anywhere else. Yeah. No, that's an interesting point. I like that. I like that a lot, actually. I'm going to sneak a little peek over there and see what that number is. Well, and the other thing is it'll, it'll, it'll change, right? It's going to slowly drop as you get closer. Right. It'll get close as we get closer to the game. It will it will drop. And because people will keep being, you know, come Sunday, you haven't placed a bet yet. You're like, man, I could get plus 140 with Tom Brady. Like, I'm going to take that. What what does what that does is it brings the Kansas City money line. So it's right now it's around minus 162, I think, is the last sort of best number that I saw. Let's see if we can get into the minus 150s again, if you're looking to bet Kansas City. But I do have one more thing if you're looking to bet Kansas City. And this is sort of segue into into probably what you want. To talk about here, it's obviously mm-hmm. the game, but why would we bet Kansas City right now? Because, because, because from a trend standpoint, based on what we've seen from Kansas City in literally every other playoff game they've essentially ever had, there's been an opportunity to get that money line at a much better price. You came on my show after the AFC and NFC championship game, and we're quite excited that you got Kansas City on the money line at about even money when they went down nine to nothing to the bills. Well, whether it's that, whether it's, you know, obviously there was, I think they became a slight underdog at one point. It was in like the fourth quarter against Cleveland, but still, and then in every single playoff game last season, right? They always go down early. There's going to be an opportunity to live bet. If you're that sort of into this from a sophistication standpoint, there's going to be an opportunity to get even better of a price than Kansas city. I'm almost positive of it. So Maybe hold back some of your money. Maybe, you know, bet a little bit to, you know, on the game before the game, because just in case Kansas City just gets out to a hot start and runs away with it, you don't want to be sitting there going like, well, missed an opportunity, but just save some back because you, you're probably going to get a better chance to bet on Kansas City during the game. And it's super interesting because I was thinking about that exact thing and how it plays out. But my biggest worry here is Tom Brady. And can the Bucks actually get out to a lead? Because I don't think Tom Brady is actually that good anymore, right? And I know that's, I shouldn't say that good anymore because he's still a good and capable NFL quarterback, but he's not the Tom Brady that we're used to seeing. And I think a lot of people, because this is, this game is about the biggest narratives possible, right? Like what we joke around about each and every week in terms of the Joe public take, the Super Bowl is when that happens the most. So it's like, would you rather, I can't bet against Tom Brady. And it's like, well, this isn't really Tom Brady. And this isn't really why this team is here. So, but going back to your point of, you know, the Bucks getting out to a lead, definitely agree with that. But I don't know how that happens. Like, I don't know if Tom Brady, I don't know how much to believe in Tom Brady to be able to put up points here. I think the Bucks path to victory, like if I were to bet on the Bucks, my reason for that would just be a belief in their defense, right? right? And 
their defense, I mean, can they force turnovers, right? There's a bunch of stats all over the place. You know, Tampa, what, 41 points off turnovers, tied for the third most in a single playoff in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. They're, this whole season, 45% of the Bucks' points have come off of turnovers. They only won games by a margin of 7.8 points per game. So, like, it's defense, defense, defense. Is Patrick, so for the Bucks to be in the lead, and I know we're doing a lot of projections here, which could all be for not but what i'm saying is sure. for the it's bucks to be in the lead would that be mahomes turning it over you know the chiefs turning it over which we don't really see that often not saying it can't happen no. sure. not saying it can't happen but it's just a sure. weird it's a weird weird game in that instance but i do like the strategy of just what you're saying in terms of covering your bases right nothing wrong with yeah. saving a little in the tuck and then right. betting as we see fit during the live game as you know, I love to do right. my live basketball betting, how I make the most money on gambling side note, but right. <laughs> I, I got you. I'm with you there. I like, I like what so, you're saying. Yeah. I mean, fundamentally you're saying, so how do they take the lead? Well, okay. I mean, literally how they take the lead is, and I think this is, you know, jumping a gun on when we start talking about props a little bit here, mm-hmm. but one of the things from a big picture standpoint here is I think Tampa Bay is going to get the ball first in this game because Andy Reid, if they win the coin toss is going to defer and have Kansas city take the ball first in the second half, which is Mm -hmm. a tried and true strategy that I support a hundred percent. But we saw Bruce Arians against green Bay going into that game. Like green Bay is the team that starts hot, right? They will get up on you 17 to three. And then all of a sudden their defense improves because the, uh, you know, the other team becomes one dimensional, all of that sort of thing. And Bruce Arians knew that. And so he took the ball and you know for his offense in the first quarter of that game and they went right down the field and they scored a touchdown and so the short answer is like how are they going to get the lead well they're literally going to get the ball first in all probability (laughs) whether it's Andy Reid literally saying here's the ball or it's Bruce Arian saying here's the ball it's not normally a strategy that I would uh, recommend because again I want the opportunity to have the last possession in the first half and the first possession in the second half right I think everybody's sort of in agreement by and large that that's going to be the case but if you're going to try to beat the Kansas City Chiefs one you have to be aggressive and we can talk about that in a little bit but two you have to treat all 60 minutes the same. So it isn't, yeah. oh, we need to get touchdowns in the fourth quarter to beat Kansas City. You need touchdowns to beat them all the time, right? You need to get them anytime you can get them. If it's the first two minutes or the last two minutes, like get a touchdown. Field goals aren't happening here, right? This is your chance. And it doesn't matter if you get beat by 20 or you get beat by two. This is your opportunity in being aggressive. And so, you know, <laughs> If they have urgency in that first quarter, the way that Kansas City almost never does, that's their opportunity. Because if they get the ball first and they score, and all it takes is one Kansas City stop, right? Like they have to punt, or maybe they have to kick a field goal, something along those lines. And you can get up 10 to 3, even a 14 to 3, something along those lines. Your 49ers were able to do that last year, right? And again, we've talked about it, you know, Tennessee, Houston. Thing is, Tennessee, Houston, frankly not very good teams, at least in their iteration of Tennessee, you know, a full year ago, same thing with Buffalo, right? Like they weren't winning that game with nine points. Like they needed to pour it on. They needed to do more here. I have more respect for Tampa Bay than I do any of those teams because, you know, the Tampa Bay thing is still relatively new and especially as currently constructed, right? Like I'm kind of throwing out the first like eight to 10 games of the season because with no preseason games or anything like that, This is a fresh, essentially, team, right? And so 
if I'm only going to use Tampa Bay from, you know, the last six games of the regular season and the playoff games so far, it's been pretty impressive, right? They are, it's been really impressive. And mm-hmm. when you talk about Tom Brady, the funny thing is, you know, he's sort of who he's sort of comparable to at this point or how their sort of offense is working right now. It's kind of like the Eagles team with Nick Foles that won the Super Bowl over Tom Brady, where third down is where they're succeeding, right? And it's kind of painful to watch a little bit their offense because you're watching run on first down, maybe a, you know, a throw into the flat, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. we're not throwing it deep. We're not doing anything too crazy. And they do get burned occasionally when they do. And so a lot of it is just converting on third downs and it makes look, it makes Tom look bad because sometimes those third down conversions don't go how he wants them to. And he ends up just throwing it down the field as sort of a third down punt type situation. Or as I like to call it, the YOLO throws. The YOLO throw, right? The arm punt. And so those are the ones that we remember. And we go like, Tom's lost it. Like he's brutal. We don't remember that the Mike Evans touchdown to start the game against green Bay was on third down. It was like the mm-hmm. third of, you know, a, a bunch of third and five, third and six type of things. And that's where Tom Brady is a difference maker from Nick Foles. Cause we figured out that that was kind of lucky, right? That whole, yeah. that whole Nick Foles season was kind of lucky. We know it's not luck with Tom Brady, right? We just know that he's not going to do it in the same way that he used to, but on third down, he knows where to go with the ball. He's got plenty of guys to throw it to. And that's what they're taking advantage of. And they're doing so with a good run game as well. And again, this is a pretty good matchup for that run game. And so how do they take the lead? How do they beat the Chiefs? By doing what they're going to do, but they need to do it in the most aggressive way possible. And I think that starts with them taking the ball first. And when it comes to props, there's a ton of first, you know, there's a menu of firsts out there. First team to do this, first team to do that. And if you look at that menu and just go, okay, if I think Tampa Bay is going to get the ball, and I think right now there's about a 75 to 80% chance that that's the case, then you have an edge on every single one of those firsts. If you're looking at it from the framework of Tampa Bay is going to get the first chance to do a lot of this stuff. Okay. I like that. I like that. You mentioned though, something that piqued my interest in what you just said was, the Bucks being aggressive, especially on offense and, you know, touchdowns, touchdowns, touchdowns. I'm so interested to see the chess match between Brady and Spags because yeah. Spagnola's like their defense isn't really that good, but so they scheme up well when yep. they have the opportunity to game plan, you know, for someone. Right. And obviously he loves to blitz. And it's all going to be about trying to hide the blitzes and having Brady trying to, you know, force them to move on this snap count and all that. Like that part to me is going to be super interesting because the Chiefs defense is not very good, but I also don't think Brady's that good. So it's going to be a scheme situation on both sides more than the actual ability. And exactly what you're saying. When can Brady catch them on a blitz to identify, oh, I got Mike Evans one on one. I'm just throwing it up to Mike Evans or I'm throwing it deep to Godwin. Like I'm so interested to see that matchup. Cause I think that will be huge. Cause I, I don't think like, I don't think the, you can stop the chiefs offense, but mm-hmm. I also don't think the chiefs defense, like the chiefs defense trying to stop anybody is still, you know, like that's right. a big task to ask for as well. So it's going to be a great, interesting game from that side. And yeah, I hope there's lots of scoring. Right. Like, do you have so hold on, hold on before we get to an over under, you know, side. Yeah. Do you have a side? Like if I say I'm on the Chiefs 
mm-hmm. you have a side that you're leaning towards more so than the other in this game? If so, I recommended, you know, what to do if you want Kansas City. And I'm not going yeah. to say that, like, by the end of the fourth quarter, I'm not going to be you on can Kansas say no, City. Because by we, the way. Like, you could totally say you don't have a side and you're just going to. Let's be honest, right? We weren't off long enough for people to forget that I don't just give one word answers. Um, So, so, uh, yeah, the short answer is like, yeah. Um, So, like, I lean Tampa Bay at plus three and a half, right? But I don't want to pay the minus 120, minus 125. But I think plus three and a half is a good place to start because I do feel like you can get a better number with Kansas City in the game. So maybe it starts with Tampa Bay at plus three and a half. And then by the time the fourth quarter rolls around, because maybe, you know, Kansas City was down 10 points in the second quarter Mm -hmm. and I came over the top on Kansas City. Like, that's how I'm going to play this game from a side perspective. Because, again, like, there's just not that much there with regards to like you know if you see anybody like slamming their hand on the table saying like bucks for sure or kansas city for sure i mean obviously there's a 50 roughly a 50 percent chance that they're going to be correct <laughs> but like those people are full of garbage right like let's yeah, just be honest yeah, about yeah. some, some yeah. things no for sure so yeah like by and large again like i said we're all just kind of like yeah plus three and a half looks pretty good and then like minus three he looks pretty good like we don't really know we don't really have a value side so i'm not going to be like yeah this 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 because again you know plenty of smart minds like either side. And I think that's what's indicated here in the spread. So I'm going to start with plus three and a half, but I'm not going to do it unless I can get a pretty good price on it. And so from a side standpoint, you know, I will sort of play the game how I think it's going to play out within the live betting construct, if you will. Now, from a total standpoint, yes, I actually do think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring. But oh, it's lower okay. scoring relative to a pretty high total here, right? We're sitting yeah. at 56 right now. So a 28 to 24 game, of course, is comfortably under the number. Same thing, you know, 28, 27, still under the number, something along those lines. So you can get four touchdowns from either side here and still be under the number. So that's where I'm leaning. And, you know, when we're talking about sort of sides, totals and whatnot, I think the thing that's most inflated of all the different sort of combinations is actually the Kansas city team total. So I'm going to walk into the fire here and I'm actually going to bet the under on Kansas city at 29 and a half because they can win this game 28, 24 and nobody's going to complain about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And when I look at Kansas city and I go, okay, like, yes, big picture. We're like, Oh, this team offense, how do they, how are they ever stopped? Et cetera, et cetera how many times have they really faced a team that's sort of capable of stopping them? And when I say stopping them in the NFL, right, it always comes down to making a team one dimensional. And this Tampa Bay run defense with the return of Vita Vea and Dominican Sue in the middle, like, against a banged up, you know, missing a lot of guys offensive line here, it's going to turn into Kansas City throwing the ball a ton, right? Like, why would you ever run against that defense, right? And they were by far the number one run defense before uh, Vita Vea got hurt. I think it was about week six or week seven in the season. And so, like, that's one thing that they can do to sort of stop things. And then it's just a matter of winning enough high leverage situations when Patrick Mahomes drops back to pass, right? Like interceptions, strip sacks, fumbles, something along those lines, right? Get one or two, maybe even three of those. And I think you're in a really good spot to compete in this game. And so if I think the score is going to be 28, 24 with maybe Tampa Tom, like driving down for the winning score, something along those lines, the thing that's the stabilizer there 
isn't the game total because what if it's, you know, 31, 28, the game goes over. If it doesn't, right. 28, 24, you stay under. I rather just sit there and think Kansas city is going to get four touchdowns here and leave it at that as sort of not the maximum, obviously, but I think the probability is they stay under 29 and a half and maybe they win and maybe they cover, but I think that's a better sort of stabilizing position for me as sort of scary as it is. But the, the fact that this number is over four touchdowns is what's drawing me to it. Yeah, I like that. That's a different take. And I, I appreciate so much what we do on this pod because you bring the different angles to it because I'm like, okay, Chiefs minus three, cool. And you're like, well, actually, if you look at it and if you like the Chiefs, take the Chiefs money line, right? It just And just adding the little takes there. So the overall total is at what? Would you say 56? It's like 56, okay. yeah. Okay, well, what about looking at the Chiefs? Just team total. See, I like the different angles we come with on this podcast. I like it. I like it a lot. My last question about just from the game standpoint, these two teams played in week 11, right? Chiefs mm-hmm. won 27-24. What, is there anything we can take away from that game and apply here from a betting standpoint? Or is it just like so long ago and injuries and all these different things? Like, Is there something that you're taking from that matchup in how you're applying it here? I think there is, but I think it's different than maybe what you think, because listen, okay. we've sat and we've listened for two weeks now, right? It's the interminable amount of time, this break between the, you know, the, the championship yeah. game and the Super Bowl, And you hear all the same stuff from everybody, mm-hmm. right? We know Patrick Mahomes had 472 passing yards in that first matchup. We know Tyreek Hill was running around Raymond James stadium, like a Swiss boy through Doing a medal. backflips. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so like all of that is all true, but the game was 17 to nothing in the first quarter. After that, do you think Kansas City just stopped playing on offense? Or do you think that maybe Tampa Bay said, you know what, having Carlton Davis singled up on Tyreek Hill isn't really going the way that we had hoped it was going to go. Let's tweak things a little bit and see what we can do. And what resulted was only 10 points the rest of the way. And so when I talk about like Kansas City, like when do they ever play really good defenses? Because there are none of them in the AFC West, right? And frankly, there's not that many of them in the league anymore, which we talk about sort of on a weekly basis. But teams that do have good defense are one Tampa Bay and they just had a matchup issue in that Mm -hmm. first quarter. Bad game plan. Yeah. That I think they cleaned up and I don't think you're going to see Carlton Davis singled up on Tyreek Hill because that got them burned the first time. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is your San Francisco 49ers last year. And yes, things got away from them and you know, 21 points in the fourth quarter. One was obviously on the Damian Williams sort of cracking the late run. So like, yeah, it sort of counts, but not, Yeah, I know. Fundamentally, right? But 10 points through the first three quarters. So it is possible with a good defense to stop the Kansas City Chiefs within reason, right? Whether it's game plan or whether it's talent. Of course, a lot of times it's talent. We talk about how the Chargers match up well against the Chiefs because, again, the guys that they have, right? When Ingram and Bosa are going hard and are both in the lineup and fully healthy, that's a problem for the Kansas City Chiefs, right? It was a problem for them against the 49ers last year with all those guys who ended up getting hurt this season. We yeah. forget that they exist. You don't forget, but I most of us don't. forget <laughs> that, that defensive line was super sick. Well, the defensive line and the pass rushers for Tampa Bay 
are just as good as them, right? We talked yeah. about Sue, we talked about Vea. Of course, you've probably heard a million times by now about Shaq Barrett and of course, JPP, a little bit concerned about JPP who missed practice yesterday. Got to keep our eye on some of these things that again, we sort of forget that there are injury issues because you just assume, oh, two weeks, everybody's got to be fine. But they have the defensive line, right? And we, it's sort of taken us a little too long to kind of talk about the trenches here. And it's cliche, but like, that's what every NFL game sort of comes down to, right? As much as we talk about quarterbacks and, and, you know, wide receivers and all of this sort of thing, let's be honest, right? If Tampa Bay is getting a ton of pressure on the backup tackles, right? Mike Remmers is now the tap, you know, one of the tackles here, left tackle, I believe for uh, Mahomes. He's a guy who got torched in that Carolina Denver Super Bowl that we talked about earlier by Von Miller. And that was five years ago. It's not getting better for Mike Remmers, right? Like he hasn't gotten better, right? He's in there because he has to be because they just don't have that many offensive linemen, right? They're missing three offensive linemen from the team that struggled with San Francisco's D-line in the Super Bowl last year. One of them Canadian, uh, Duvernay Tardif, right? Mm -hmm. And of course, a couple of guys who's been injured, Fisher and uh, of course, Mitchell Schwartz. And so it's, that's how they're going to get stopped here. And so it's just not something that they face all that much. And when they do, they find themselves in trouble, not in the second quarter, but in the fourth quarter. Now, again, the reason to like Kansas City is they don't actually lose any of these games, right? Like, <laughs> that's kind of the thing where it's yeah. like, yeah, you can really like Tampa Bay and sort of talk yourself into that. And like, Lord knows I am in a little, in a little bit, but then you go, well, they don't actually lose games. Like, why would I, why would I torture yeah. myself with this? Right. So I get why you don't want to bet against Kansas City. But again, I just think there's going to be a better opportunity. But when we Did talk about say. that first game, right? Like, Gronk, for example, best game that he had all season long from a receiving yard standpoint. That's an interesting piece to the puzzle, right? Because he's not just in to block because he doesn't have to be in to block against Kansas City because they don't have that defensive line where he has to stay in like he did against Washington, right? Like they needed him to stay in to work on that outstanding D line that, that the Washington football team has. And so He's going to be out running more routes. So that's a very interesting piece to that puzzle. And obviously you have the other weapons, right? So there's reasons to like Tampa Bay in this game. And I look back at that first game and I go, the fact that they came back in that game and that Kansas city's offense struggled a ton in that second half. It's actually for me, a boon, right? Like if it's Mm -hmm. going to take Patrick Mahomes 472 yards to win the game by three points, like that's kind of concerning if you're Kansas city, right? Totally hear you. Totally hear you. And I think overall, when I look at this and and from a game standpoint, I'll end like this portion of the conversation here. I think like from my standpoint, what it comes down to is on Sunday, when I'm watching this game and Andy Reid and the enemy pull out whatever crazy ass play they pull out. Cause you know, they're coming, they're digging (laughs) deep in the crates right now because Yes, their O-line is in trouble, but they're obviously sitting around trying to come up with, okay, well, how can we zone run or scheme run or whatever? Like the way that they just drop their offense, it's baffling to me each and every week how they're able to do it. And I don't want to be watching the game and on Tampa Bay when they run, what was it? the the te- Their temptations play they ran last sure. year or was it early sure. in the season? With right. like their well, guys do it basically like a, a three-point <laughs> dance move in the backfield and go- yeah, throwing touchdowns. Yeah. Like when they run that play, 
I want to be on their side, right? Right. So yeah, one of my stupid. one of my favorite movies, one of my favorite movies is Swingers, right? And the the last, you know, to ruin it for anybody, but there's a, a a dance scene towards the end of that movie, and they're drunk at the diner after, yeah. and Vince Vaughn turns to John Favreau and he's like, "Where'd you learn all that twirly whirly shit?" A lot of these teams are looking over at Kansas City and like they can barely run their fundamental offense, and they're looking over at Andy Reid going like, "Where'd you guys learn that twirly whirly shit?" Because yeah. that's <laughs> They're sitting there yeah. going, why are you spinning before the play starts? Like, aren't you dizzy? I don't understand. It's just so crazy. And uh, and that's it. I just want to be on the KC side. And and if I were to, if I lose, am I okay with losing because I went with Kansas City? Yeah, I'm okay sure. with that. Whereas if Brady and them win, 45-year-old dusted-ass Tom Brady somehow has a game of his life and they win or the defense goes crazy and wins, that's fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Um, but yeah, crazy game. And to kind of wrap up here or to have kind of just our spin here on what we just talked about, I'm leaning to the Chiefs minus three. Mr. Russell advises that if you like the Chiefs, wait until in the game and you could get a better number and live bet the Chiefs or Chiefs money line right off the front end. I like those options. Also, we discussed the over-under number and taking the under, but also liking the Chiefs under team score. So yeah, team total there. under 29 and a half out there, folks. 29 and a half is the number you're looking for. That's if you get higher than that, go for it. But yeah, more power that's to that. More power to you. And and you know, Mr. Russell did throw out nothing wrong with the three and a half bucks, but at a better number. Hoping for a better number, yeah. but let's get to some props because props also adds a whole lot of fun to the Super Bowl experience because there's fun pop prop fun. Wow. There's fun props. There's joke <laughs> props, tongue twister. Um, there's all kinds of props. And sometimes what people do is maybe you might not like the chief's number, but you might like the number for Patrick Mahomes for MVP. Because some people might look at it and say, well, chances are if the Chiefs are going to win, Patrick Mahomes is going to win MVP. So instead of putting the bet on the Chiefs, you put the bet on Patrick Mahomes to win MVP. There's so many different angles to it. And that's why I love the prop betting angle of the Super Bowl. So I want to ask you kind of what your strategy is when you look at props and how does that compare Mm -hmm. to, you know, kind of what the generic prop bets are that are out there that let's say the average Joe is, is looking at. Sure. Well, let's start, let's start with, uh, you know, how these numbers get made, right? Okay. So first and foremost, they get made by and large by sort of averaging out, you know, these players results over the course of the season. Right. Mm-hmm. And then when you have the big name guys like the Tyreek Hills and the Travis Kelsey's, they're going to average that out. And then they're also going to tick it up a little bit. Right. And they're going to weight it to recent performance and all of that kind of thing, because they know that you want to bet them over. So all of those guys who, you know, listen, and, you know, can include Mike Evans and Godwin, but to be honest with you, the guys who everybody talking about are Hill and Kelsey, like, mm-hmm. For me, I can never take the overs on those guys because I know that I'm giving up, whether it's a reception or whether it's 10 yards, something along those lines, right? And they might go over, they might sail over their number, but from a value standpoint, like it's just never going to be the case for me. So my general strategy, well, let me just back up one second. My strategy (laughs) going in is try to figure out what I think is going to happen in the game because 
if the books are averaging out these different numbers, right? And again, let's use Hill as an example, but maybe it's not the best example, but let's say they make him, you know, they look and they say, okay, his average yards, you know, per game are 88.6. And they'll go, okay, well, you know what? People are going to bet the heck out of the over in that case. So let's bump him up to 98. 0.5 and then decide, okay, you guys have at it. You're going to have to pay a tax for betting the over on Tyreek Hill. Well, what if the game script that we think is going to happen, and I'm not saying this is necessarily the case, it's actually kind of the opposite, and it's the reason why Tyreek Hill might go over, but let's just say for a second that the game script might lead Kansas City to running the ball more often, okay. whether that's because they're going to take an early lead and just need to grind the clock out in the fourth quarter, or because, you know, in a different world, Tampa Bay doesn't have a really good run defense, right? You have to take what you think is going to happen and apply that to your prop betting, right? You don't want to conflict, right? You don't want to have like exactly. under Mahomes yards and over Tyreek Hill yards, right? Because then you're just sitting there <laughs> not having a good time whatsoever. And let's be honest, the Super Bowl is there to be a good time. That's why we're betting all of this stuff because it's supposed to be fun. And mm -hmm. so you don't want this sort of conflict of interest. You don't want stuff to happen in the game that you don't want to happen from a big picture standpoint. If you like Tampa Bay, you don't want to be betting over two and a half Patrick Mahomes touchdowns, for example, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't want to be doing things like that. So plan out how you think the game is going to go. And again, you don't have to bet the side. Like I may not bet the side, but if mm -hmm. you lean to Tampa Bay to keep it close, frame exactly. all of your prop betting under that assumption. If you think Kansas City is going to absolutely destroy Tampa Bay, frame that. But you have to remember, if you think that Kansas City is going to destroy Tampa Bay, that doesn't mean overs, 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 right? Because like we just said, if it just means they're running out the clock in the fourth, because a exactly. lot of the yards, a lot of the time that these things go over, it's in the fourth quarter because the team is down or because it's tied or something along those lines, right? So fundamentally I'm basing everything that I do off of how I think the game is going to play out. And it's all going to kind of add up to one large bet. And I know I'm going to get some and I'm not going to you know, miss some and so on and so forth. But then from a sort of side note picture, I'm also waiting for these lines to get bumped up. So I'm not going to bet Tyreek Hill, but the one big name that I would look to bet is Travis Kelsey. But I kind of like his under because the numbers are getting out of control, right? And as the uh, game approaches here, people are betting Sunday morning, you know, I want to bet, I want Kelsey. And they have that whole afternoon, right? Game doesn't start till 6.30. And they have the whole afternoon and the number's just going to go up and up and up. And you might end up getting eight and a half receptions, maybe even nine, nine and a half receptions. And right. I'm going to swoop in there and grab the under in those circumstances. So understand that if you were looking to bet an over, the time's kind of too late, when, especially when it comes gotcha. to these like big name when, guys. Once it gets Mahomes. closer, because everyone's going to be in and all the public is going to take overs because that's just more Yeah, you missed that. out. <laughs> yeah, you missed out on the best number and now you're paying a tax the later you wait. So yeah. we're at the point in the program here where unders are the you know, better play with very few exceptions. Now we'll have a few exceptions because you got to have some overs in the mix, but they're going to be more low key guys that haven't had their number pounded up, up and up by mm -hmm. the people who want to be on team Tyreek and yeah, team yeah. Kelsey. Yeah. I think that's the most important part for people to remember, right? The value aspect of it and the fact that these numbers have been out for two weeks. And so what you're saying is so true. The overs, if you want to be hitting overs now, just know that you're paying the tax and you're losing value taking the over. 
do it, have fun. Cool. If that's what you want to do, that's why you're here. Just have an understanding of what you're doing as you're spending your hard earned money. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. So for you personally, Give me a couple props. And and for the record, we all know Mr. Russell does the window podcast, which you should definitely be subscribing to and listening to because he's got a full extravaganza coming for the rest of this week leading up to the Super Bowl. But we are lucky enough that he's going to bless us with a few props here as well. So which ones would you like to give out uh, to our listeners here on the on blast podcast network, my friend? Sure. And listen, there are hundreds of these, right? Depends oh, yeah. on the sports book that you use. I always recommend having multiple sports books and then much of Super Bowl week or the two super, you know, the two weeks before the Super Bowl involves me looking at different books and going, okay, they have this number for this and not all the numbers are necessarily the same. It's the same mm-hmm. thing as like a point spread or a total during the regular season. Now you're not going to get any differentiating point spreads or totals for the Super Bowl, but you will get differentiating numbers, right? Kelsey might be 102 yards here and he might be 95 and a half yards there. So, you know, again, always have as many options as you possibly can. But since I'm going to steer away from those big name guys, and again, I may add them come Sunday if the numbers get again out of control. I'm going to give you some that you have to go look for, right? These aren't the okay. ones that the media has been talking about all week, but I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give you sort of the deeper dive type thing. And I have seven of them here. So okay. bust out a pen, grab a piece of paper, Let's get, go. The, get the notes app going. Here we go. So first one is a special teams one and it's longest kickoff return. Okay. And, for a couple of reasons here, I like Kansas City minus 120. It's a, it's even minus 120 on either side. Now, remember with props, you're going to have to pay more juice. A lot of places, it's minus 120 on either side. The days of minus 110 on props are by and large long gone. Mm-hmm. So minus 120 is considered sort of a flat rate. Anyway, Kansas City longest kickoff return. couple of different reasons. One, is Harrison Butker even going to give Tampa Bay an opportunity to return a kick, right? Again, perfect weather conditions. This isn't Kansas City where the ball might be a little colder. The air is obviously thicker, et cetera, et cetera. He's going to be bombing balls out the back of the end zone, um, you know, kicking to Tampa Bay. So they may not get an opportunity to even return a kick. Yeah. And can you tell me right now who the kick returner is for Tampa Bay? Exactly. So, but who's the kick returner for Kansas City? Gentleman by the name of Mecole Hardman, who has returned a couple of these this season. So Mm -hmm. maybe Tampa Bay is booting balls through the back of the end zone, but their kicker doesn't have the same leg that Butker has. And also, it's not like Kansas City doesn't want Hardman to return kicks. He might take one from two yards deep in the end zone. So while Tampa's kicker, Jaden Mickens, by the way, kick returner, I should say, Jaden Mickens, if he's catching a ball two yards deep in the end zone, there's a better chance he's just going to kneel it down. Whereas if Hardman does, he's taking this out because that guy's a game breaker and a guy they want to get the ball in his hands. And so I just think there's a better chance that it could be literally one kick return to zero and it might even not be a very good one, but you still end up winning that bet because it's not like you get, you know, you don't get credit for a kick return. If you just kneel down and take it at the 25, you don't have to get past the 25. You literally just have to run it directly out for one yard if if you want to. So let's start there. I like it. 
So here, hold on, hold on. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to give me one and I'm going to ask you one. Okay. Oh, okay. Spicy. Here's I like what we're going to do. We're going to spice Let it me. up a little here. And the ones that I'm obviously going to ask are the ridiculous ones. Okay. <laughs> oh, I've got, I know I've got you a got, bunch of those. Wait, I know you got worry. some of those too. You can hit me with those at the end for sure. Right. <laughs> yeah, but sure. the first one I got for you here is will Tony Romo correctly predict an offensive play? Yes. At minus 200 or no at plus 150. I mean, that's a lot of plays that he gets to try. <laughs> he, he also hasn't really been doing it that often true, in these days. True. Like I have my theory about announcers, right? Is that mm-hmm. they should be allowed to announce for five years and then they should be get, you know, they should get oh. the boot, right? Like Tony okay. Romo is a couple more years away from like moving on over for, you know, Philip Rivers, or, I mean, he might be back, you know, in the booth next Phillip year for all Rivers, we know. Yes. But like, you know, you need a guy who just played quarterback. And the yeah. longer that Tony Romo goes without having played quarterback, the less he's going to be able to sort of predict these plays. And he's not mm-hmm. doing it as much as he used to. So I might try a no on that, even though mathematically there are so many plays. And it is the Super Bowl, so he might try to flex a little bit. Uh, that's tough. But these that's are such, such okay. low limits. You might as well try the no. Okay, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. What, what oh, do you got my next turn. year? What do you got my, next? My, my turn. Back to football. Um, Travis <laughs> Kelsey, a name, a guy that we uh, This is a two for one here. Okay. Like this it. is the long reception market no, the, the, for individual long receptions. Right. Okay. So I kind of think that Kelsey unders are going to be an appropriate play this, mm-hmm. uh, this week um, because the numbers are inflated, but you could talk me into him catching 10 passes with the, if Tampa Bay strategy is to just keep him in front of them and, you know, they're going to need like five yards at a time, et cetera, et cetera. So I may bet the under on the reception, but I haven't yet for obvious reasons. The thing that I will bet the under right now on is his longest reception. It's at 25 and a half right now. Ooh which is a little high for a guy who churns up a ton of catches, but a lot of it is, you know, he's got his back to the defense. He catches it, he turns, and then he gets tackled, right? Mm -hmm. There isn't a lot of like throwing it deep to Kelsey. There isn't a lot of like, oh, Travis Kelsey, like catching it on the run, um, going down the field, right? And 25 and a half is kind of a lot, right? So under 25 and a half, longest reception for Kelsey. On the flip side, Tampa Bay, longest reception here, Scotty Miller. This is going to be one play for all You know I like it. You know I like this one. You know, a lot of people will think of like the Green Bay one where it's like, oh, he's got to catch a 45 yarder. Like that's, you know, excessive or whatever. But they also got him open against the Saints for, you know, sort of one of these where it's like it's thrown up in the air. He's literally stopped like he's fielding a punt and like he's that open type of a thing. And they kind of just wait for one opportunity to do that. So rather Mm -hmm. than bet him over one and a half receptions, which is currently his reception number or (laughs) over 14 and a half total yards, because, again, you'll probably need a long catch for that because you're not going to get you know, it's not going to be like two for 15 for Scotty Miller. I like him just one catch. Just make sure that it's over 11 and a half uh, yards. So sort of a two for one combo there. Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, As you know, a lot of the on blast podcast network features some basketball props here. So here's a question for you. Will quote LeBron be said on the broadcast? Yes. Plus three twenty five. No minus 550 now the thing to remember here 
is LeBron does like to tweet during these things, knowing he'll get on a lot of broadcasts. But yeah. it's CBS. Does CBS really roll like that? Those are the two <laughs> right. things there. You know, it's kind of like, uh, uh-huh. I'm leaning yes, just because I know my guy will be tweeting regardless. He'll pretend to be a fan of Brady or Mahomes, whichever one is, right. is winning. Yeah. So, uh, the yes, yeah, plus three twenty five. Yeah, because Mahomes is right now like the only guy who has a shot at the eventual greatest of all time. Like we already know, like right now, that's Tom Brady, right? But and how are yeah. you going to get surpassed? Well, one, if Mahomes beats Tom Brady in a Super Bowl, that's a start. And mm-hmm. if Kansas City rolls off a couple more of these, that's also going to help as well. And so whether it's sort of young goat you know, exclamation point, <laughs> Kings, you know, whatever, yeah, like yeah, LeBron's yeah. probably going to tweet that out. Now, like you said, it's sort of a parlay. Does he tweet something out? That's a heavy favorite. But does CBS put that on the broadcast? That's an underdog. I mean, again, because these limits and these bets are so <laughs> low yeah. that you said, what, minus 550 for the no? You'd have to put yes. 55 bucks down to win 10. <laughs> And a lot of these books don't even let you bet 50 bucks on these types of props. So it's probably going to be like a bet 2750 to win five type of a thing. Yeah. yeah, So if you're betting these like for five, 10 bucks, take the pluses and then be really excited. You'll be the Leonardo DiCaprio meme, right? Where he's pointing at the screen when you see that LeBron. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Might as well. I like it. I like it. What you got next? Uh, my turn. The The LeBron James of football. No, that's not who this gentleman is. Um, Ronald Jones. Rojo. He's definitely not uh, the Re- <laughs> LeBron James. Yeah. I mean, if you squint, it kind of looks like his name is the same. Ronald Jones, LeBron James. Um, so Ronald Jones has been banged up for okay. this uh, playoff run, right? He missed mm-hmm. a lot of drama about him being on the on the team or on the roster for the Washington game. A lot of people had overs and, you know, DFS stuff for him. And then all of a sudden he just didn't play because he mm-hmm. aggravated a quad injury. Ronald Jones was their number one running back throughout this season. And Leonard Fournette has gotten all of the run here. And people are going like Leonard Fournette, playoff Lenny, like on the come up here. But a lot of that's been because Ronald Jones hasn't been available. Well, Jones has had another two weeks off to get healthy here. And I don't, I'm not saying that he's going to be the starter. I'm not going, I'm not saying that like, you know, Leonard Fournette's hitting the bench or anything along those lines, but low key against the saints, both guys had some good run. Both guys got into the sixties from a rushing yard standpoint. And if we think Tampa Bay is going to do a lot of rushing, which they should be, they're going to do it with both guys. So I actually like Ronald Jones over eight and a half rushing attempts. He had 13 for 62 against the saints. And again, I think it's a two horse attack here and nine attempts for each guy is only 18. And I think it could very well be a similar situation where it's sort of a dozen attempts for either guy. Fournette will get a little bit more in the passing game, but I think Ronald Jones gets enough run here as they're starting running back from, you know, what uh, half the season at this point, right? I think he's back. He's in this game and he's going to get a fair amount of carries more than the market thinks that he's going to get. I don't really want to mess around with the yards because who knows, right? All it takes is a loss of two in there. And all of a sudden your margin is completely screwed up. Um, I'm going to go with the temps. I just think he's on the field more than people think. And, uh, and at eight and a half, I think that number's low enough to go with Ronald Jones. And 
On the flip side, little bonus, Kansas City, right? We talked. Why would they ever run the football? What's the purpose for running the football into Indominus Sioux and Vita Vea? There isn't one. If they do, it will be sort of tangentially. It will be, you know, they'll do a lot of wide rushing, right? Because you have to run the ball to sort of take some of the starch out of the uh, pass rushing, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think they're just going to run it straight into the line. And if they do, they're going to do it with Daryl Williams, who they're not going to do it with is Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So I would go under eight and a half rushing attempts for Clyde oh. Edwards-Alaire. So again, like the Kelsey Miller thing with the Jones Edwards Alaire thing, we got a little uh, you know mix like and it. match here with these teams. I like it. I like it. I like it. I'm not sure how much I like this next one I got for you in terms of our joke props here, but how many times will quote Queen Latifah be said by Jim Nance? Under one, minus one fifty. Over one, plus one ten. She's got a TV show. Doesn't she? Exactly. Yeah. On CBS. She has a TV we show go that, over. Will be on, that will be on CBS. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure it's coming up after the Super Bowl. Oh. Yeah. It premieres after over the game. 45 and a half. Is it? <laughs> and listen, like, this is the, you know, for all the corporateness of the Super Bowl, this is the corporatiest of them all because there are oh, essentially yeah. no fans and no tickets. So I wouldn't be stunned if Queen Latifah was at the game because, again, Good you know. Call. Why not? Well, it's socially distanced. It's, you know, all of the, you know, promotional people. Will she be wearing there. an NFL hat? No, <laughs> no one's ever going to do that again, Rob Lowe. No, <laughs> that was wrong. I think though, so we know there'll be a lot of promos, which you assume Jim Nance would have to read at least one, right? You would assume. Sure, so yeah, I like that. The over one at plus 110. I like that one a lot. I like that one a lot. Absolutely. What All right. What you got next? Okay. I gave this one out on my show today. Mm -hmm. uh, and this sort of goes along with what I talked about with regards to rushing and working the outside. And it's a long shot one. This one's a fun one. Mecole Hardman to have the longest single rush of the game. Because we know they want to get him the ball, right? And they do it with quick um, screen passes. They do it with the touch pass type of thing. But they also occasionally do it with the lateral and around reverse type of thing as well. And we've seen him once he gets into the open field, like it's nasty. And this guy could break off a 30-yard run with his only carry of the game. And when yeah. we're talking about Ronald Jones, we're talking about Leonard Fournette. Like those guys are going to churn out a lot of yards. But there aren't the explosive guys, right? Mm -hmm. In situations situations they can break long runs because like the defense is stacking the line or something along those lines but they're not the elusive type and i don't think kansas city's running backs are going to be cracking anything against tampa bay patrick mahomes can get out but he's going to be headed to the sideline maybe a little bit quicker than he normally does and we know tom brady's not moving at any time soon right so i think that mccall hardman on his one or two opportunities can get a chunk of yards and that's all you need is a 25 yard rush here and like no it. one else to crack a long one for a 10 to 1 payout right this isn't a likely situation but at 10 to 1 throw 10 bucks on it he does it right Let's and then go. you're like if he does it in the first quarter and he got you know 25 yard run you're now sitting there the rest of the game on the edge of your seat to see if anybody else passes him and maybe it's mm -hmm. Tyreek Hill but they tend to be more ready for it when it's Tyreek Hill for whatever reason 
I mean, I guess maybe just from a name value standpoint, right? But you see him get busted behind the line of scrimmage way more than you do Hardman. And these guys are just as fast as one another. And so I like that at 10 to one. I like it. I wonder if you're going to enjoy this one. Will the spread or total be referenced by the broadcast team? Yes, plus 400. No, minus 7,000. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this isn't so, this isn't the team to do it. Um, Tony, it's not. But it's Tony not. Romo is buddies with, you know, like the Bill Simmons, Cousin Sal, like those mm-hmm. guys mm-hmm. from the old ESPN days and Grantland yeah. and Ringer, et cetera, et cetera. And so he's more than aware of the spread and the total they have announced this week though, that they aren't going to do any auxiliary betting coverage or anything like that. That being said, I think I would still say yes. I think yeah. that's going to be said at some point. Like, it, it you know, even be. in the old days, it used to be meant, you know, three-point favorite or three-point underdog or like, you know, yeah. whether it's the start of the game or at some point during the game. And so, you know, they might even reference like, hey, it's one of the highest spreads ever at 56 points. Like, that's just, an, you know, something that's tangential and indicative of, you know, what we're expecting. We're expecting high scoring here today, folks. Like, the total is the highest it's ever been or close to it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah you know, it's 2021 here. Like we got to, we got to say something. So I would take another shot again, low limit, take a shot. Let's go. Let's go. All right. My last one here. And this is a two for one here. Cameron Brait over 28 and a half yards, right? A lot of focus, obviously on Gronk. I think Gronk's going to be involved in the passing game a little bit more than he normally is. And maybe Mm -hmm. that idea, which isn't necessarily a common or isn't, you know, you know, uh, going out on a limb by any means. I think that has, tamped down Brait's number for a guy who's been involved quite a bit in the last few games over the course of the playoffs. And so over 28 and a half yards here. And let's also look at a touchdown from him at plus 320, right? Obviously there's going to be a lot of touchdowns. A lot of these prices are inflated, right? Can't, you know, Kelsey's like a minus 150 to score a touchdown. Same thing with Hill, et cetera, et cetera. Cameron Brait, a guy who Brady will look to in the end zone at plus 320 is the only guy I see right now with some legitimate value. Yeah. Brady definitely, you know, loves his tight ends. And you're right, mm-hmm. though. A lot of the focus, people always assume that'll mean Gronk, but not necessarily so, for no. sure. No. So uh, do you want to just go over, just quickly recap your the, the props yes. you got there? Which, okay. which side you're leaning there? Uh, longest kickoff return, Kansas City at minus 120. Travis Kelsey under 25 and a half for his longest reception, right? No long receptions for Kelsey. Scotty Miller over 11 and a half for his long receptions. Probably going to be only one. Might only even be one target. But mm-hmm. I think there's better value than betting on him to catch more than one pass, better than him to catch a total amount of yards, which his number is like 14 or 15 and a half. Uh, the running backs, Ronald Jones over eight and a half rushing attempts Clyde Edwards Alaire under eight and a half rushing attempts uh Nicole Hardman 10 to 1 to have the longest rushing attempt of the game and Cameron Bray over 28 and a half yards receiving and a little sprinkle on the touchdown at plus 320 and again Kansas City team total under 29 and a half is the bet there um you can start with kansas city excuse me tampa bay plus three and a half and live bet kansas city when they go down early which we think there's a decent chance they might based on the fact that tampa bay will get the ball first or will likely get the ball first and if you're looking at any firsts think of it like 
Tampa Bay getting it first on the first kickoff. So I'll throw a little bonus one in here that I kind of like under that sort of concept. First team to get into the red zone. Yeah. Tampa Bay. Don't know if they're going to get a touchdown. Don't know if they're going to get a field goal, right? But again, mm-hmm. if they're getting the ball first or if Kansas City gets it first and they struggle, right? We've seen them go three and out a fair amount in their first attempt. That's your opportunity right there for a first red zone, Tampa Bay. I like it. I like it. Let's go through a couple more just of the random let's get silly. prop bets that are there. Yeah, let's get silly for sure. And I'll start first. We can rotate back and forth again. Um, Andy Reid mask design. Okay. Chiefs branded or a logo minus 2000 single okay. color slash no logo plus 350 Hawaiian themed plus 7,000. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, again, like we're talking, we nobody's had more different mask situations than Andy Reid. So I'm ready for anything. Right. Um, but, yeah, that's one you just can't bet because like the minus price and we talked about the limits, like anytime yeah, there's- Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes no sense. You just can't do it. Yeah. Um, I've got one for you. And it's not really a bet. It's more of a conversation piece. Mm-hmm. If you're able to go to a Super Bowl party out there, and I know for yeah. the first time in years, I'm not able, you know, we're not able to do it. Yeah. Um, you, you know, a lot of people have a prop contest, right? I'm mm-hmm. sort of, that's my, that's my- uh, contribution right that's my potluck contribution to a super bowl party is i bring a prop sheet 50 props the whole thing Mm -hmm. and a couple of strategies if you find yourself in this situation one keep your ears open for what people are talking about and you'll you know heads and tails is on there right Ah. and so if you hear a lot of people talking about tails and then go with heads you know it's a 50 50 proposition but you want to be on the side of less people right this is a this is a prime game theory strategy you're trying to win a contest with multiple people in it so you're going to need an advantage over those multiple people (laughs) so take that for what it's worth if you want to bet on the anthem whether that's again on the prop sheet or not keep an eye or the next 48 to 72 hours on the on the market grab a couple of different books see where they're at because this yeah. stuff leaks right oh, like they sure. do rehearsals for this stuff exactly. and so you can figure out oh man the money's coming in on over you know 121 seconds right or 121 or a minute and 21 seconds i don't even know you probably should define that before you before you look at <laughs> the thing but you know if you see that money's coming in on one book, that the over is getting hit here and the number's moving up and it's not happening on your other book, mm-hmm. hit that book, yeah. right? Like that's why that money's coming in. It's low limits. You're not going to win a ton of money necessarily, but this is kind of free money, which is a nice way to start your Super Bowl with a little extra cash in the account to maybe grab Kansas City Live a little bit later on, right? Um, along the same lines with the anthem, there is a prop available at Sports Interaction that's who's going to sing first. Ooh. And right now they don't seem to have any idea who's going to sing first because there's no discernible favorite. It's got both, it's got Eric Church and it's got Jasmine Sullivan. Give me Jasmine Sullivan at plus 130 to sing first, right? What's the old phrase? ladies first and in this day and age why would they not start with the lady and have eric church come in she's probably a better singer than he is so let's get her going to start this thing he can swoop in maybe they finish at the exact same time isn't that the dream and uh i think jasmine sullivan at plus 130 is the play for who will sing first and then finally you ready to talk some gatorade 
Ooh, I'm in. I'm in. Here's the market with Gatorade right now. Orange is the prohibitive favorite. Why is orange the prohibitive favorite? Well, guess what? Andy Reid got dumped on him last year. Orange, right? So in our mind's eye, we go Kansas City's the favorite. Of course, they're going to dump the same color. It's the same team. Like this is great, et cetera, et cetera, right? Yeah. Here's where I'm thinking, wait a minute. We're not factoring in what's going on with Tampa Bay right? Like Tampa Bay might oh. win the game. Like that Correct. has to be factored into the price. So maybe Kansas definitely City definitely should game, be. Yes. <laughs> right. Like maybe Kansas City wins the game. Maybe they're running the exact same color out there. You could make the case though, that they might have red Gatorade. I don't necessarily know how it works with regards to that, but over in Tampa Bay, we don't know. We don't know anything that's going on here, but what's the one beverage that every team has on its sideline? H two. Oh, oh, water, right? Water mm. is available, right? Not everybody mm. loves Gatorade. Not everybody wants Gatorade in their system, right? So there's water available. And listen, random defensive lineman or offensive tackle or whatever goes and grabs a bucket. I don't think he's going, well, better grab the orange because like that was the favorite, right? They just yeah, are yeah, grabbing yeah. a bucket and it might just be water that's left because mm-hmm. there's always water around. So clear slash water is plus 300 right now. Why wouldn't you take a chance with plus 300 on a beverage that we know is going to be on the sideline? (laughs) Makes sense to me. I love, I love that you're hunting value value plays, even on the color of Gatorade that will be dumped on the winning coach. I love it. I love it. People love it. Right. Um, I got a couple halftime ones. I'm just going to reel off here that I think, are just hilarious and equally Good. ridiculous. Cause I was going to uh, ask many, you about these. Cause you would know better than me about the weekend. I think. I mean, sure. By percentage <laughs> points. Yes, I got you. Like if it's better than there's, 0%, then yes, you fair know, enough. You there's know better more. value on me for sure. No problem for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're so, a favorite so to know more. I'll ask, I'll just throw one out there and give my take on this one. And then you can ask me. Okay. We'll, we'll go that way. Sure. Uh, how many wardrobe sure. changes will the weekend have during the halftime show? Over a half, minus mm. 380, under a half, plus 240. That seems like an easy over. Like, that just means one. Of course, yeah. there'll be and then one we get into, What is the d- definition, right? Is it like taking a jacket off, right? I, you know, remember the Maroon <laughs> 5 guy? Like, at one point, he was shirtless. Is like, is that oh, a, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? Is that a, you know, change? Like, I don't know. Like, these are all things that I don't necessarily know. Uh, I don't know that the the weekend is looking to to get shirtless. So maybe that's not an issue. Maybe he's throwing on a jacket later on. I don't know if he gets chilly. I don't know what his general setup is. So I can't help you on that (laughs) one, but I like it. Well, he is a good old Canadian boy. So the weather won't be a problem for him no matter what. (laughs) Uh, We got a couple songs here. What will be the first song played during the halftime show? I always like these ones. Uh, So we first, we got Starboy at plus 350. Blinding right. lights plus 400 can't feel my face plus 425 in your eyes plus 450 save your tears plus 500 the hills plus 850 heartless plus 1000 too late plus 1200 I feel it coming plus 2000 and in the night plus 4500 I'm going to say that I like Starboy, and I know yeah. that that's like the lowest but right. it's still at plus 350. 
Yeah, like same it. thing applies, right, to the anthem, right? If you see the line move on this because this mm -hmm. gets leaked, that's where you got to jump on it. It's sort of like, you know, I had our, a mutual friend of ours, Ted Ballantyne, on the show last week talking yes. about betting the Royal Rumble. It's the same okay. kind of deal, right? You got to be ready for leaks. And that's the yeah. situation here. What's the song that they've been beating into our head for the last four weeks um, on every broadcast, you know, through the entire playoffs? Because whatever that song is, I think, and maybe that is Starboy. I don't even know. Uh, but that one, that one. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember what song they've been playing. It's on not the like the Pepsi I would assume commercial. it'd be Starboy, but the, um, the listeners know. Yeah, That's I'm, I'm going with Starboy for sure. That would be my play there. <laughs> True. They have to announce that he is a star because some people might not exactly, be aware. Exactly. Right. And it kind yeah. of fits with the football theme. Who is the star of the night? Like you could picture no. Jim Nance or whoever's doing the introduction being like, and for more stars of the night, here's the weekend. <laughs> and then the beat kicks in and he comes yeah. out. Right. I should like be a producer or something. You should. Yeah. It's almost like, you know what you're doing. <laughs> Uh, there's also for the last song played, whatever. Uh, will the weekend mention Canada during the halftime show? Yes, plus 400. No, minus 700. Yeah, no, there's, I don't think there's any value on the plus 400 there. They don't let them do anything. Like, the whole thing might be recorded, right? As far as we know. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, spicy take. Do you, what do you got, man? Do you got anything? Um, I'm looking at my sheet right now here to see if there's anything to add, but um, anything else that's going to pop up is coming on Friday on the Window Sports Betting Podcast. Uh, check that out. That is going to get a little bit deeper. It's not going to be just seven prop plays there. Okay. I promise you that. You got a go. bunch. You got a bunch. I got a couple well more, beyond. man. Oh, I got a couple okay. more random, random Hit ones. Me with them. Hit Will me. Kenny G be on stage during the halftime Jeez. show? Uh, plus yes plus 325 no minus 550 i mean i don't know anything about kenny g's relationship to the weekend <laughs> they do have a track i'm pretty sure they do have a track together if they're looking to make it whiter i completely understand like <laughs> that he might be the candidate for that then try plus 325 same leonardo dicaprio meme same thing right once upon a yeah. time in Hollywood, pointing at the screen, just excited to see Kenny G, which is the first time in years somebody's been able to say that sentence. And the last ridiculous prop I'll hand out, because there's talk about, you know, will Ariana Grande or Drake be there as well? Bunch of like random rumors, which I think those things would leak ahead of time for sure. But the mm -hmm. last ridiculous one I'll leave you with is, will a football be used as a prop? Yes, plus 375 or no minus 650 again i think the answer is no because i don't know how i don't know if uh, the weekend the one, is a football guy all it takes is just like one person to like throw a football in the background like one of the backup dancers or some shit like that but did, i like, like that yes. never happens though i mean i would i would take the yes more than i would take the no because of the reasons that we mentioned with regards yeah, to, yeah well just yeah like the minimums right like you're never going to be able to make yeah, any money yeah, betting yeah. the betting the no um yeah uh, sure i keep yeah. thinking of lady gaga right That's was it lady gaga that they threw the she might have killed it though for everybody else when it comes to the using a football into the mix like that might have been the death of, of football props in a, in a amazing amazing well mr russell thank you as always for coming through but again tell the people where they can find you and what you got coming up for the rest of this week heading into sunday on the window podcast yeah, the Window Sports Betting Podcast, anywhere you get your podcast, probably where you get this podcast. Uh, Thursday, in case you missed it, we finished up our um, fun NFL betting contest. Me and three friends, friends of the podcast, we're auctioning off 
um, each side in total for the entire NFL playoffs. It was decided before we even got to the Super Bowl. I did not win. Um, so <laughs> the boys joined me on Thursday to talk a little Super Bowl. We talk about food, uh, what you what you would bring this year to a virtual Super Bowl party. And they each brought a prop as well as required. So fun little conversation with those guys. And then, um, you know, we're always talking hockey and college hoops nowadays. But then Friday, the big NFL show as it always is we were kind of lost last week with no football to talk about on friday and not having you on monday this past week was uh was confusing um but full scale uh on friday as i mentioned for the nfl and then of course on monday you're gonna join me uh on monday to talk about the super bowl and see how we did yeah can't wait for that for sure and I feel like no matter what, I'll be in a good mood, but hopefully I'll be in a really good mood when I join you on Monday for sure to see how things go there. And of course, that is the window podcast. Mr. Russell, join me. Thank you so much for joining me all this year that we were able to do the podcast while I was still hundo P. Um, Thanks for coming through and joining me on this. I'll name this football pod later. We made it through the season. Still no name. I still like the name. I'll name this football pod later because maybe I'll name it at some point. Maybe next year. Who knows? Maybe you'll maybe you'll get too big time for me and won't want to do this next year. We'll see. I'll have my people contact your people. We'll we'll figure some stuff out. We'll get we'll get our agents to negotiate behind the scenes and figure these things out. But thanks again for tuning in and appreciate everyone liking and subscribing to the I'll name this football pod later. Part of the On Blast Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, and on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Really appreciate it. And as I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is I'll name this football pod later. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. On Blast.